nor will you let your Holy One see decay. Paul applied this to Jesus when he preached at Antioch. These are, these are his words. What God promised our forefathers, he has fulfilled by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second psalm, you are my son. Today I have become your father. The fact that God raised him from the dead never to see decay is stated in these words, you will not let your holy one see decay. Psalm 16 verse 10. Jesus' own prediction, his own prediction. Let me give it to you. He says, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Matthew 12, verse 40. And verse 3 of our text, he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. And so Christ fulfills prophecy for these Three redemptive works necessary to salvation. An atoning death, yes. Number two, a genuine burial, yes. And number three, a glorious resurrection. The scriptures converge on this one person in history whom Peter said is the only name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Well, that brings us then to what I'm calling the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' appearance. Look at verse 5 of 1 Corinthians 15. He appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. And after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, then to all of the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. We also have this in Acts 13, verse 30 and following. It says, God raised him from the dead. And for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses. John wrote, the Apostle John, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Oh, and he gives the historical account in John chapter 20, where we read on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, when the doors were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. John 20, verse 19. What I am saying is that the resurrection of Jesus was not kept a private secret. 
Jesus appeared to many of his followers, to 500 on one occasion. Verse 6. Acts 1 verse 3 tells us, After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to those over a period of 40 days and he spoke about the kingdom of God. And so we have the very same men who had walked and talked with Jesus for three years and had learned of him. We have them being taught an additional 40 days by the very one who had been crucified and buried by Jewish authorities. And I think we must be prepared to believe these men and the preponderance of evidence for the living Christ or... Here's your alternative. You can view them all as a bunch of liars. Which is the world's position. Now what's the importance of the resurrection? Look at verse 17. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. And then... Those also who have fallen asleep in Christ, that is, they died trusting in Jesus, they are, Paul says, lost. This is one of those if-then statements that we have in Scripture. It's hypothetical. He's not saying this is what happened. But he's saying, if Christ has not been raised... Then, da-da-da-da-da, this is what the outcome is. If Christ has not been raised, then those who have fallen asleep in Christ, they died believing in Jesus, they're lost. Why would you say that? Because dead saviors are no saviors. The work of Jesus for his people is not only the cross, it is also the open and empty tomb. In Romans 6, Paul words it this way. Don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. He goes on. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. If we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. So Paul is describing the representation work of Jesus for his people. What I am saying is that Jesus never acted on his own behalf. No, what he did was to represent his people before God as our substitute. His crucifixion meant the death of our old sinful nature. Paul says in chapter 6, verse 6, we know that our old self was crucified with him. So when Jesus was buried, the believer shared that entrance into the grave. When Jesus arose, we share that coming to eternal life. Salvation is not complete apart from resurrection. 
with resurrection comes the power of a new life, the promise of eternal life. That is why we believers say things to our family members, such as, well, you know, the old me is gone. We talk like that, don't we? The old me is gone. Or we say, that's not me anymore. What we are conveying is that God has made us new from the inside out through Christ's resurrection power. Our thoughts, our speech, our actions, while not sinless, nonetheless evidence a desire and an effort to please God by being holy and righteous as God enables us. We are just not the same old, sin-loving, wicked person that we once were. Resurrection power has come to us. We're new creatures in Christ. I wonder, has this life come to you? The gospel invitation is this. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him, from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, And richly blesses all who call on him. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10, verse 9 and following. Wow, these are sweeping statements, aren't they? Everyone, anyone. I mean, you can bank on this. This is God's word being said to us all. Are you among the anyone or the everyones that call? Then God has promised to save you. Lord, we thank you for the universality of the call, at least. Sad to say, not everyone's going to respond. But those that do respond, you have promised that you will give them eternal life. They'll be called your people. They will be placed in the roster for glory. In fact, their names were written there before creation. So they're not an afterthought. I pray, Lord, that if there's one here this morning, two, three, however many that have not committed themselves to Christ, Lord, draw them, grant them faith, and repentance which they do not have, but grant them that, that they may call upon you and be saved. Do this firstly for your own glory, for you are glorified every time a soul is brought into your kingdom. But secondly, do it for their good. It's good that they come and repent and are brought by faith to the Savior. Do this For your name's sake. Amen. Our closing hymn is from the Brown Hymnal, number 224.
224. Shall we stand? what the hymn writer did not say the hymn writer did not say well my hope and trust is in the fact that I've been I'm a pretty good person I've never killed anybody I don't commit adultery I haven't still stolen from anybody he doesn't word things that way he says Jesus is my hope and trust the soul that sins is going to die you better have more than just a, a empty boast 
about what you didn't do because God has the record. It's called his memory. He knows all you did do. The soul that sins, doesn't matter what your sin is, is destined to die. So you better have a substitute that stands in and takes the death penalty for you. That person is Christ. Will you trust him? I trust that you will. Hope you will. Pray that you will. Amen. Have a good day. We celebrate the Lord's resurrection on days like today. Amen. Thank you.